This is the SMQB's episode 17. Another great show for you. We start off with a little NBA uh, playoff push discussion. Then we move into the SMQB's greatest plays of all time discussion, where we announce our three and four seeds in the four brackets. And we're going to be looking for your help on that. We have a couple fun, punchable faces of the week. And we wrap up with a happy little Ted Lasso. Hey, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, give us a review on Spotify or iTunes. Really appreciate it. And uh, keep listening. Thanks. SMQB's episode 17, um, breaking news. Peter King says that there is a perfect partnership between Deshaun Watson and the Philadelphia Eagles, and this surprises no one, because what other quarterback could you throw into the mix? Oh, maybe Aaron Rodgers to make it more of a shit show in Philadelphia? Just another Super Bowl coming our way. It's just unbelievable, the quarterback madness in that city house. We're a quarterback factory. Yeah. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Hanging in there. Good. Yeah. What's uh, what's going on? We got a little NBA stuff to talk about, Pope? We are in the final stretch of the NBA season. There's only four or five games uh, left. And um, let's take a look real quick. So up at the top in the east, it looks like House's 76ers are all Ooh. but assured of clinching the number one seed through the playoffs. Home court advantage going through Philly. Uh, big three-game lead. I don't see any way they can blow it. The real competition is to see who the two, three are. The Nets, uh, my Nets, they're, uh, they're second <laughs> with three back. Your and Nets then, have lost four straight games there, Amigo. I, I know. Well, I mean, they might be I think they beat down the Nuggets. because they, they have the average age of 38. Uh, and then and then the Bucks are three and a half back, and they're uh, probably going to catch the Nets, I would think, to get the second seed. And then the Knicks and the Heat are battling it out, amazingly enough. Roosters, Knicks, battling it out for the fourth seed. Um, wow. The Knicks are uh, one game up on the Heat. Can I just say that in the 2019 season, the Knicks won 21 games, and this year they won 37. Maybe at some point we can talk about Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. That was, we should <laughs> do that, that. We should do that. Don't you owe an apology to, to someone too, Fallon? Do I? Yeah. I don't think so. No, the, the owner. Dolan? Oh, no. Oh, Dol- Dol- oh. no, no. Dolan, right. Dolan still oh. sucks, and now he's turning his ire onto the Rangers. We'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Drop the gloves. The, the most interesting, uh, and we'll, I'll do the West, top of the West, because I want to get to the play-in tournament, which is really going to be fun. Uh, the West, the Jazz are two up on the Suns. Probably uh, you give the Jazz the, the nod for the one seed. Uh, the Suns, actually, it's pretty clear. The Suns are going to be the two seed. When the Clippers they're an the equally Nuggets. unbelievable story, by the way. I mean, they're the Suns? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the same numbers that Rooster was talking about with the Knicks. They're an unbelievable yep. story. Yep. You know, they didn't make the bubble last year, but uh, they didn't make the playoffs in the bubble last year. But they were undefeated. I mean, they they were showing signs with Devin Booker uh, and Aiton that they were coming on strong. 
So, uh, but they're untested. So it'll be interesting to see how they play in the playoffs, especially seeing how the number, you know, two, seven could be the Lakers or the Warriors. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. And the Nuggets are one game behind the Clips and they might catch them, but it's hard to say. Uh, the Mavs are too clear of the Lakers and they have the tie break with the Lakers for the seven seed and Portland's in between them right now. So my guess is the Mavs will be the five and Portland will be the six. And it looks like the Lakers are going to be seven. So that leads us to some really fun stuff, guys, because the play-in tournament, let me explain it real quick. The seven and eight seeds play in one game, and the winner of that game is the seven seed. The nine and ten seed plays in a game, and the winner of that game plays the loser of the seven-eight seed for the eight seed. All right, that's both conferences. So in the West, you potentially are going to have the Lakers and the Warriors with LeBron back and Steph on fire. Think of the war the ratings on that one game. Unbelievable. The winner gets the seven seed. The loser is the eight seed and plays the winner of the Grizzlies and Spurs. And I think the the loser of that will probably beat either the Grizzlies or Spurs in a one game, one and done. So probably Lakers, Warriors, interchange seven or eight, you know, will will close out the West. And so in the East, the Heat are too clear of the Celtics for the for the uh, seven seed. So I think the Heat are probably safe. Uh, it looks like right now it's going to be the Celtics and Hornets for uh, the seven, eight seeds. Uh, playing the the loser that plays the winner of the Wizards and Pacers. Whoa, did I say Wizards? You I did. Said, I called you it did. long ago. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hey. Between Westbrook and Beal, those guys are going to be tough to handle in look, a one-game series. Look up their records since January 31st. I think they have I the 12th it. best record in the NBA. They're on fire. Yeah. Uh, Mavs and Wizards had a, a great game the other night. Um Maps won on a three-pointer at the buzzer, but uh, they're going to be tough to beat. So the play-in tournament, a lot of people are mocking it and saying, you know, it's not the fabric of the game or whatever, like the baseball purists we are. But I think it's actually adds some entertainment to the NBA. And the notion of LeBron versus Steph for winner-take-all for the seven seed uh, is going to be fun. And the winner of that against the Suns, I mean, you got a team like the Warriors and you got a team – like the Lakers defending champs, uh, that's going to be a barn burner series. I wouldn't want to be the Suns playing either one of those teams. Is uh, so, is Donovan Mitchell healthy now? On the Jazz? For, on the Jazz? I don't think so, but I haven't checked lately. You know, the Jazz and the Suns have been kind of spinning uh, up at 1-2 for a while now, so I haven't really followed. Um, why do you well, – I, I, I mean – I agree with you completely, Pope, about the entertainment value of this plan. I mean, why, why are these NBA players so fit to be tied over this thing? Where do they what, come from? What is this play-in game? Why are I they doing it? it. <laughs> yeah. I understand what it is. Why are they doing it? What is the point? I, I, these so last year they did Getting so COVID. gimmicky. I'm so tired for, of this meddling. They did it for COVID <laughs> last year. Because okay. you weren't playing a full season. So it was to give the nine and 10 teams a legit chance to make the playoffs because they didn't have enough games to play. Okay. Well, this year they're playing a 72 game series season. So they're doing it again. Although the, the buzz is, uh, even though Cuban was against it, it looks like the Mavs are going to escape. Uh, the buzz is that the NBA is thinking about making it a permanent fixture. In of course the playoffs. they are. Exactly. 
I don't. I mean, get I don't it. think Why it adds TV that much TV movies? money or anything like that. I think. I think yeah, it's entertaining. I, I think it's entertaining, and it's much ado about nothing. That you know, sports. Twenty-four hour sports news needs a bitch about something, and this is what they're bitching about. Yeah, it, it's it's. You're right, and it's fun for us, but for the players who, you know, lose two games, like if the Lakers lose two, right? That I mean, and they're out. And they end up in that situation because they had some injuries where they would typically be in the playoffs and would have, you know, right. what what is the first round? Is the first round best of five or is it all? Yes. Best of, it's usually best of five. So, you know, I, I, that's the argument against it, I get, I guess, right, is, is you know, we would have been in this for best of five and we lose two games and we're out. Right. Yeah, but there, it's a shortened season. They're the seventh seed. They can't complain too much. Be the well, first seed if you want to get in. Exactly. Yeah, but they're the seventh seed because of injuries, too. Though. Well, yeah, but that's the way the world goes. You they're going to make this permanent. Well, the reign of LeBron is over. I said it to you guys before. We, last year, that was it. The reign of LeBron is over beginning with this year, and they're in trouble at that seventh seed. Mm. But, yeah. you know, as far as a gimmick is concerned, I mean, Baseball did reconfigure the wild card to have a one and done after 162 games. So, I mean, you talk about playing a full season and then your life is on the line on one game. I, I don't, I don't see where the basketball is any different by doing what they're trying to do. I call oh, I hate that the, I hate I call that the Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays rule. Mm-hmm. Right? They were so tired of being behind tonight, the Yankees the and the Red Sox. They <laughs> yeah. had they. they they cried their way into that. Wild I hate card. I hate that wild card thing in baseball. Eight, though. I mean, if you want to have it, you got to have a best of three at, at least. Yeah, right. But well, that's what the NBA players in. are saying. No, but you but, but, have but eight. that that one game wild card, which I agree is kind of tough after 162 games and all that stuff. That's what the NBA players are saying. You know, whether it's 72 games or 82 games, we just played all these games, and now we have to you know, have it all on the line against a Wizards team that's like 10 games below 500? Yeah, five, but yeah. No, yeah. you're right. It's, it's, look, it makes a little bit of sense because of the shortened season. I get the, the position we're playing, you know, 10 less games this year. Some of those teams would have had a chance to make the playoffs, give them a chance to get in. Um, okay, but if you do it going forward, make it permanent, eeks, I don't know. Dude, they're all going to do this. I said this last week about baseball. You guys are like, no, they're not going to make the double headers all nine innings, seven innings. Yes, they are. And they're going to keep a guy on second and extra innings too. Watch oh, it. That's the worst. No way. That's the no. worst. They got to stop that. You know what? Moving on from this to what you just brought up, Milk, and baseball, they have got to get rid of this new baseball. It's killing the game in, unless you like low scoring. We're going to talk about duels. that. We're going to um, talk about that in a little bit. Between uh, the, between the raised seams and the foreign substance, it's, it's impossible to get a hit these days. We're going to talk about that in some, uh, in a new segment on some record because it's allowing for some records for sure. Not, not, not offensive records. That's for sure. Right. No, not offensive records. Yeah. It's crazy. What's happening. Lowest batting average ever. In baseball right now. Yeah. Well, NBA playoffs are going to be fun no matter what. I'm glad that I'm glad I'm glad that uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are at least around for a game. I'm glad that Steph is around for a game 
for for some of the star players that would otherwise be out of the playoffs, I'm glad that this format allows at least us to watch one game with them. And if you're a fan who's interested in a little variety, the Celtics and the Lakers are the seven seeds. We've got all new teams at the top, which is exciting. So, Pope, help me out with this, though. What do we need to happen as things stand right now? What has to happen for the Wizards to face the Sixers in the, for, in the opening round? <laughs> Very doable. Oh, my God. So the Wizards, a genie bottle to show up at your door and you rub it three times. So the Wizards beat the Pacers in the 9-10 game, and then they beat the loser of the Celtics Hornets, and they're the eight seed, and guess who they play? Yeah, that's, there you that's go. what I thought. So two wins. It's actually very likely to happen, I would say. Because would... I think the Celtics beat the Hornets. I don't, I'm don't. i not impressed with the Hornets at all. And I no, see the they're, all, they're hurt. The Hornets are hurt. And I see the Wizards beating the Hornets. So I, I, I think it's Celtics, Wizards, and I think it's the Wiz at the uh, Sixers. Who would you most like to play, House? <laughs> and who would you least like to play? Uh, we've smashed the Wizards the entire season, and I don't think they have a center. Um, oh. And um, right now, Joel Embiid lives in Russell Westbrook's head rent-free, so I'd be glad to play the Wizards. Right, plus the Celtics. The, I mean, Jason Tatum is on fire right now. I mean, they're, they're starting to click. You don't want to play the Celtics. If Embiid could just average as many rebounds a game as Westbrook, then he'd, then he'd really be something at all that height. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all, all right, see well, you in the playoffs. Yeah, NBA. That'll be it's going to be a fun final sure. week. Yeah. And maybe we'll see some play that goes down as one of the greatest of all time. Right, House? You know, I want to thank all of our uh, fans for um, helping us to get the final for the one, two seeds where our bracket is starting to fill up. So we took off uh, last week with a lot of other sports going on, but we're back at it. The greatest plays, greatest moments of all time. And we remind our listeners that we've got four regions. We've got the Fields region, the Unicorn region, the Game Over, and the Wow. So here's where we are. In the Fields region, the number one seed, which is going to be a tough tough overall moment to beat in the whole bracket. The Fields number one seed is the USA Hockey Championship, Miracle on Ice, 1980. And another Olympic moment takes the two seed, Jesse Owens, winning for the USA, staring down Adolf Hitler in 1936 in Berlin. So that's our one, two seeds in the Fields region. In the Unicorn region, it's pretty much a consensus among us and our fans that the number one seed has got to be the Immaculate Reception. Rare play that we'll maybe never see again and ranked in the NFL's really the greatest play of all time. And the Willie Mays over-the-head basket catch comes in as the number to seed. Uh, happy 90th to the Say Hey Kid this week. In the um, game over region, again, consensus from us for the most part and our fans was that the Kirk Gibson walk-off for the Dodgers in uh, the late 80s was the number one seed. And then the classic, uh, although there's a strong objection holdout from none other than the Pope um, we overrule the Pontus <laughs> objections and the Leitner Duke shot over Kentucky um, in the regional final took the two seed. Uh, and finally, in the painful. in the wow <laughs> in the wow uh, region, another tough, tough, tough couple seeds against Pope here. But 
in the WoW region, uh, again, it was across the board and our fans, the catch, uh, Montana to Clark in the end zone to begin the 49ers reign uh, was the number one seed. And the number two seed was the Don Larson perfect game in 1956. So now we're going to introduce the three and four seeds. We're going to go around the horn um, and uh, hopefully we can reach some consensus. And if we don't, we'll take it to the fans again. I'm going to begin with the Fields region and Michael Rooster Fallon. Okay, this is a new one. Um, this is a game that I watched with my dad in 1970. And at the time, I was like all about all the glitz and glamour of the Lakers and Wilt Chamberlain. And my dad's like, man, you got to watch this Knicks team. And, that, and that's how I became a Knicks fan. Um, in game one of this uh, championship series, Willis Reed scored 37 points. And the series was just back and back. Wilt Chamberlain was like the best player in the league at the time. Game five, Willis Reed severely tears a muscle in his thigh and can't play game six. So when he's out, Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain scored 47 points. And now the series is tied up going into game seven. And everyone's thinking, ah, well, there's no way he can play. He can't even walk. So during warmups, everyone's shooting around and out limps Willis Reed. Iconic moment. He comes limping out onto the court, his leg all wrapped up in ace bandages and drains like four straight warm-up shots. The game starts. He scores the first two baskets. And I don't think he scored another point in that game. He scored four points in that game, but he held Willis Reed to 21 points. The Knicks won their first championship ever. And Willis Reed was named the series MVP. It is the, I would say, the greatest, gutsiest performance in the history of sports. So that's my number three. And my number four, I think, shares a lot of consensus in this crowd and it's Brandy Chastain's iconic ripped a shirt off moment after scoring the winning goal for the women's U S Olympic soccer team. Yeah. The world cup soccer team in 1999 to, to this day, you know, people talk about like, is that player going to have a Willis Reed game? Like mm -hmm. it's become almost like a catchphrase in sports um, for someone who has a, a gutty performance, good ones. All right. Uh, next, we will go with Pope. Who do you have as your number three and four seeds in your fields region? So I have two new ones, and um, I probably should have nominated them uh, earlier. I just caught it. The fact that we missed these, you know, kind of bums me out. But I, th I think they're legit, both of them. Number three, uh, we've actually talked about at length on this podcast, uh, Hank Aaron's 715 home run breaking the babe 714 just the enormous moment it was uh in in baseball and sports history and the whole racial undertones about yep. that entire chip. excellent pick excellent um, pick that's one of those you know i look i look at a feels as you remember where you were when okay certainly uh those of us old enough on the pod to know uh, where they were when Aaron, Aaron hit that shot and number 4 and, and, you know, this, this that's is not, that's not me, by the way, that's <laughs> not, not me either. And, and number four, well, you know, the number one on this one is 1980 uh, USA hockey. And, and everybody, again, who's old enough on the pod remembers exactly where they were yep. when that happened. Definitely. And number four is 
you know, one of the greatest moments in, in certainly golf and I, I think in sporting history, and that's why I, I put it as number four. It's one we always talk about every April when uh, our eyes turn to Augusta is Jack's 1986 green jacket back nine thirty. Uh, catching and surpassing Tom Kite, the shark, denying the shark a green jacket, never won a green jacket, Seve, uh, coming up, the roars at Augusta. Uh, I remember where I was because it was actually the uh, the Sunday before our Hell Week began as a pledge huh. at SMU. <laughs> we were all watching it in our dorm uh, out in the main area and just going nuts. Um, it was a moment, uh, that, that we'll never forget. And, uh, it's cemented Jack, you know, in so many's hearts, uh, as the golden bear, um, at 46, what he did. So, so 46, Pontiff, unbelievable. That's Pontiff, my number four. Pontiff and house. Can we just agree that the moments of our youth were just so much better than the moments that these two other guys have to, I mean, recount wait, and they just wait. were. Wait till hear Chris Nace's feels, and I think you'll start to understand. Uh, well, Pope, <laughs> Pope, Pope said we all we all remember where we were during the miracle in the ice, and I was like, "Yeah." No, I said those uh, of us old enough to remember uh, on this pod. Oh. Were you not born yet, Milk? I was being breastfed that day. Jesus, <laughs> well, I was remember that. I was with my high school girlfriend watching that don't, game. Don't so, say anything else. So, <laughs> And Stop. breastfeeding. Stop. Oh, God. Okay. So anyway, so now we move on to, speaking of milk, we're going to go with two milk uh, for, the, for the fields region. What's your break on the pod? What's your number three? All right. Well, mine is uh, Brandy Chastain. I think Rooster covered yep. that pretty well. Iconic moment. Number four? Uh one of the one of the more gut wrenching baseball moments of all time, Bill Buckner, uh, nineteen eighty six World Series game six through the legs, the Mets come back and win, and uh, uh, just one of those where you felt just awful for somebody, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's not a good reason to pick it. It's not a feel good reason. It's a feel bad reason. But were you, were you of, off the boob for that one? I, I remember. It, I remember where I was for that one too. I mean, I think feels can go both ways. Thrill yeah, of victory and agony yeah, of defeat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. absolutely. Shouldn't have been in the game. By the way, he had bad no way. Legs. No way should have been in the game. Yeah. Bad wow. managing managing in that game. All right, awesome. milk. Um, bison. Christopher Bison Nace, number three seed. I know you're taking us way back, probably into the 60s or 70s or 80s. What do you have for your number three seed? Well, it's it just doesn't have to be old to be good. I mean, you know, you could you could have something more recent, but uh, in the Fields region, uh, which is still a creepy name for the region, by the way, we should have fixed that. But uh, I'm going with it's the in honor of Milk's birth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with the Tiger uh, Masters win in 2019. And I talked about it uh, before I'm here, but it was just such a riveting performance and and story. And I know that all of us were texting each other saying, no way, this isn't going to happen. Not really. For real. And and just, I mean, that just caught all the emotions of sports. And, and you do talk about, you know, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, but but you had it all wrapped up with what he had been through in his career at that point. So 
that's my three. And uh, my number four, again, same one that I, I talked about last time, uh, because I think we overlook Olympic moments too much. And, and this was a great one was the Jason Lezak, um, the, the four by 100 relay in the 2008 Beijing Olympics when uh, Phelps was trying to, to get the record for most golds in, in an Olympic Games. And Lezak had to make just the most ridiculous uh, comeback leg against the French who were talking trash about wanting to beat the Americans and, and all that and out-touched the guy by by 0.08 seconds to secure it. And, and both, by the way, both those teams broke the world record by four seconds or something. Just just a ridiculous race. And and that's uh that's my four seed. It's a good one. I do remember that that one. I mean that talk being an American after that was just like that was pretty riveting Olympic TV. All right. And then um I'm uh with uh I'm with milk lockstep. I've got uh Brandy Chastain as my number three seed and Bill Buckner's all of the fields, both for Mets fans and Red Sox fans, nineteen eighty six is my number four. Uh so I'll I'll stay and kick off uh the unicorn region. My number three, which I'm sure just barely slipped out of the top two from our fans, is the Philly special play, which we covered uh, and the greatest plays of all time. I think the mm. NFL 100 greatest plays, I think, has it as the number 10 greatest play of all time in the NFL. But it's in our unicorn region, number three for me. And my number four is another NFL play, uh, which it's hard to imagine seeing something like this ever again. The Music City Miracle, January 2000. The Titans trailed the Bills by one point with 16 seconds to go. And the Bills had it in the bag and kicked off a pooch kick uh, to the 20-yard line, sure to get the tackle and end the game. But Lorenzo Neal fielded the kick, lateraled it to Frank Wycheck, who threw it across the field to Kevin Dyson, who ran 75 yards for a touchdown for the miracle for the Titans to win that game uh, at home. And if you guys talk about remember where you were, if you watch that game, you probably remember they replayed Wycheck's pass about 50 times to see if it was really a backwards pass. Because the angle on the TV, you thought he might have thrown it forward, but it indeed was a backwards pass and the Titans won the game. That's my number four. Um, on the unicorn, we'll go back to Bison. What do you have there for your three and four? All right, so we're going – okay, so we're the unicorn. All right, hold on. Let me get out here. All right, so my three and four are <laughs> – uh, probably won't get much agreement on these. But for the unicorn, again, sticking with the theme, uh, I went with the Randy Johnson kills a bird uh, <laughs> pitch because it's just – I mean, if that's not a unicorn, I well, don't know what is. Right? When I nominated that, very wrong with I nominated that a few weeks ago, and you guys laughed. But I'm still laughing. It's, no, I was on board with it. I, I like that you picked this up, Nace. Oh no, I think I brought it up last time too when we went through these. I just think it's you're just not going to see that play again. I, it's, it's just a, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, and then the other one that I went with uh, my four seed was the Boise State um, trick plays versus uh, Oklahoma in the 2007 Fiesta Bowl, uh, not just because it was one great play that happened, but because of the number of ridiculous trick plays that they had. I mean, they ran a hook and ladder. They ran a 
Statue of Liberty. I don't, I don't know what else did they run. They ran everything in that to win that game. And it was just a collection of unicorn plays all wrapped up in one to, and it was a huge upset at the time. Boise state was not, you know, that program that you looked at and said, ah, they don't play in a big conference, but they're a great program. This is what put them on the map. Agreed. That's a good one. Probably better than Johnson killing a bird. All right. Over to, um, <laughs> but maybe our fans will agree with you. It'll be interesting to see what our fan fan population is like. Yeah. It's a unicorn, except that Dave Winfield repeated the feat when he was thrown from the outfield and killed a seagull. So it's not that rare. Turns out it's not that rare. Maybe we'll get it. Dave Winfield's in the 16th spot. All right. Rooster. Speaking of birds, the rooster, while we're at you, what do you have for number three and number four? Okay. Number three is the all time greatest Irish American (laughs) receiver in college football. The Gerard, the Gerard Phelan, Miami Miracle. Is he not French? He, uh, he had a, he had a teammate named Doug Flutie who helped a little bit on this play, but, uh, it, this was the 1984 game against university of Miami. Miami was the defending champs times running out on the clock. Flutie throws a 48 yard bomb into the end zone. And Phelan, Phelan, by the way, it's on our meme. It's misspelled, which is highly insulting to me. Um, Well, I'm so sorry. P-H-E-L-A-N catches the ball for the win. That's my number three. Number four is Bo Jackson's July 11th, 1990 scaling of the wall against the Baltimore Orioles. He's playing shallow center field for the Royals. Left-handed Orioles batter gets up and blasts a shot to left center, and they were playing him to pull. So Bo, sort of like the Willie Mays play, has his back to home plate and is sprinting like a madman, catches the ball at the warning track, but he's going so fast, he's he's just going to kill himself if he runs into the wall. So he leaps onto the wall and cleats it at about halfway up the wall, and then continues to run up to about three quarters of the way up the wall and, and sideways like Spider-Man before, and then runs back down the wall. No other human could do that. Ridiculous. If, if people who are too young to remember Bo Jackson go to YouTube, the guy was just amazing. He remember when he broke the bat after he struck out that time, like a matchstick, he was like a matchstick. The guy's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he, he, he'd hit a check swing. That he, that he was trying not to hit and it would go over the right field wall. Just yeah. unbelievably strong, yeah. fast, the world's greatest athlete, many things. Have so you that, guys that's my number four. Seen the video, like it's like a spring training where Bo Jackson is, is explaining who he is to the kid. It's like somebody's son. No, that, that, oh, gotta, I've heard about it. I haven't really seen it's that, hysterical. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta look it up. It's like a, some player's son who's there and he's telling the guy who he, the kid, who he is. He's like, yeah, I won the Heisman trophy and all that. It's you gotta <laughs> we'll, watch put, it. we'll put it on, on Twitter. We'll that was the up. first Nike star. He, uh, right. Bo Bo knows. Everything. Bo knows. Bo knows. all right, I milk sticking with you. Um, milk, what do you have for your number three and four? Uh, in the these unicorn? are these are repeats. Three is is Flutie to Phelan. Uh, you know, he uh, Flutie passed for almost 500 yards in that game. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Great game. 
Uh, and I'm number four. I got to go with Music City Miracle. Two unbelievable Good. moments. Unbelievable. Uh, Pope, we got a three and four seed from you. So I think we have a little consensus going here at three. I got the Hail Flutie. Uh, I actually had Hail Mary, the original uh, Staubach to Pearson, but I, I was analyzing tape in preparation for the pod. I know you guys will be surprised. Unbelievable. This I just, I don't, I don't know the words. I just think it, it wasn't that spectacular. I mean, the ball kind of landed in Drew Pearson's arms. Uh, it, it wasn't that spectacular a play enough to knock off uh, Flutie to Phelan. I think that was a more spectacular play. And that's the column, you know, that we're talking about. So I got them at three and at four. Uh, I know nobody else will go with this. I just, it's one of my favorite plays of all time is the Cal Stanford band game. <laughs> touchdown <laughs> where the guy loves this play slams the football on the trombone player. There's just nothing, anything, nothing better. Pope, you know, the uh, Jeff Fisher said that when they prepped during the season for a play like the music city miracle, the one he went to was the Cal Stanford play, the home run throwback. It was the name of the play. And so as crazy as with a trombone guy, it also set up, you know, future plays yeah. like it, like the music city miracle. Huh. All right. Um, so, listen, America, these Hail Mary plays, there's lots of these out there. Randy Johnson killing a bird is much more <laughs> unique. Okay? So come on, America. And by the way, Lorenzo Neal went on to play another 50 years in the NFL. <laughs> Death to birds. I love when Chris Nace wants to be your American idol. All right. Next, um, make sure to dial his number often. Yeah. All right. Game over. I think we might have a good deal of. Uh, consensus here just to kind of move this along because we we had, uh, address this one we have everybody but the bison who's agreed that the number three seed is the uh bill mazarowski walk off in the 1960 world series but we have one holdout uh with another walk off which i don't really want to talk about so i'll turn it over to bison i mean you got to go with joe carter walking off the phillies in 1993 <laughs> Just so we can walk off the Phillies. That's my reason Whoa. for putting it in number three. <laughs> totally legit. That could yeah. be the greatest play of all time. MLB has it as one of the top 10 greatest plays of all time, I think. Yeah, well, we just punched the MLB in the face, so I'll do it again. <laughs> the greatest right. play ever in Canada. Number four, we have three um, who have agreed, Rooster, Pope, and Milk, all agreed to Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Uh, there are two other proposals here for a four seed. First, again, we'll go to the Bison for your four seed. It's a pretty good one, and I, I have a feeling down the road our fans might, uh, if it doesn't make the four seed, there might be a lot that like this play. Well, I, you know, I thought I had the Bobby Thompson one somewhere else and didn't see it on our list but that's okay i'll give the other one because it's worthy of being a, a seat a high seat anyway and and that's the kick six uh which was <laughs> yeah, what is up yeah. With guys? the kick six uh it was the the 78th iron bowl alabama auburn alabama was Ooh. i think a two-time uh defending national champion if i'm not mistaken and they were ranked number one they were a 10-point favorite over uh, Auburn, who was ranked number four at the time. And the at the end of the game, with time expiring, they decide to kick 
uh, a really long field goal. I think it was 57 yard field goal attempt. Alabama tries to kick it and it comes up short. And this is, I mean, to me, this is the kind of thing where you see good coaching. Like Auburn was prepared and had a guy in the end zone because you can field the ball and run it back. And sure enough, the guy fields it. The ball comes up about three yards short of the goal of the post. So he fields it and takes it back the entire way for a walk-off touchdown with time expired. And, and it's really one of those remarkable plays where Nick Satan actually beat himself because it was not a good decision to go for a 57-yard field goal in that, in that spot. Well, I mean, you can go for a 57-yard field goal, but don't leave your big uglies on the field. Put, put some guys who can chase down uh, if somebody gets the ball and tries to return it. That was their problem. I mean, when you look at the replay, uh, Alabama guys had the corner but couldn't close it because they were so bad. They were so big uh, and slow. So, uh, you know, that was one of the few times, I guess, that uh, Nick Saban got um, a little too smart for himself. Yeah. But, uh, I think he's learned since with another uh, four national championships. And by <laughs> the way, that was 2013. Yeah. And um, yeah. Our, our other nomination for a four seed. Uh, sorry to kick you while you're down, Pope, but it's hard to rule out in the top four seeds. Uh, one of the talk about a walk off the Chris Jenkins game over shot Nova over UNC, the 2016 national championship. Uh, what was so amazing that Josh Hart had just hit two free throws to put Nova up 74 71. I remember we were already celebrating that Nova was going to win the championship. And then Marcus Dude. Page comes down and bang, hits a three to tie it. And I was like, oh, here we go again. We're going to let another one slip out of our hands. And then uh, Chris Jenkins inbounded to Ryan Archie Diacono. He runs down the the floor and flips it back to Jenkins and buzzer. Uh, And if you've never seen Charles Barkley's reaction to that game-winning shot, it's pretty funny because he's a local guy here after playing all those years with the Sixers. But that was a pretty good one for number four. You know I was there, right? Because when you have as I many do. teams as I do, I, I tend to be at national championship games. <laughs> I I had the I had the perfect view of that shot because we were about on you know half court, uh, lower bowl, and we saw Marcus Page, and you know he had a, a he had a scissors leg three. He was went up in the air, kicked his legs out, and and just a miracle three. And we were going nuts, thinking we we're going to OT, and then. As soon as uh, Jenkins got that ball and the arc, I was I turned to my wife and our friends who were there, and I said, "It's good." And oh my god, sure enough, you know, boom goes in. All the confetti comes down. It's good. people are going crazy. Uh, we got out of there as fast as we could because we knew it would be bedlam. Um, it was just an amazing shot, and you know what a great game that was, and the fact that I got to see the next year Carolina redemption uh, to win the championship. You know, I, I, I guess I look back on that as that was an awful moment, but what a great college basketball moment. I was glad Insane I was college there. basketball game. And Chris Jenkins is uh, a fellow alum of modern day elementary school in Bethesda, Maryland. Now he made a nope. poor choice after that for high school, but that's okay. <laughs> I forgive him. I'm sure. Where do you go after that? Way up your, where do you go to high school? Go? He went to uh, no. He went to Washington D.C. Second Jesuit School, Gonzaga. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They don't have any Supreme Court justices. Gonzaga, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
now now we're on to wow um our final region and there's a lot of consensus here a little bit out of order there's a, a lot of that we've mentioned before in our, our first segment when we brought this up a couple of weeks ago um a lot of us had either the jeter flip or the secretariat uh 1973 domination so some of us have it three some of us have it four uh, but there are a couple new introductions here so um Let's see, we'll start with Rooster. You have the Jeter Flip 3, but tell us about your four seed there. Okay, um, yeah, we have talked about the Jeter Flip last two episodes. So the my four seed, again, involves um, Bo Jackson, who I feel like, you know, has been overlooked by this, the last couple of generations. You know, he, he, he was so great and has just faded into the background because he's not a attention hound. But Bo was a two-way player. He played baseball and football. And in 1987, he was in a Monday night football game as a running back for the Raiders. And there was all this hype that year about Seattle drafting Brian Bosworth, this crazy lunatic linebacker out of Oklahoma with a, with a big blonde uh, Mohawk and said all kinds of outrageous things. The buzz. Um, just a just just kind of an annoying human being. Kind of guy you'd like to see get run his ass run over. There are two guys in the in the history of the NFL I was just wanted to see get run over, and Boz was one of them, and Neon Dion was the other, and it never happened with with Sanders. But anyway, in this one game, Bo. Uh, took a handoff and ran, ran over somebody at the line and went 91 yards for a touchdown and was running so fast that by the time he slowed down, he was in the tunnel uh, in the end zone. And then also in that game, he took a, like a four-yard handoff at the goal line. Bos, Bosworth came up to meet him at the two and Bo just ran this guy right over and bulldozed him into the end zone. I mean, it was amazing. Truck and and it helped that Bosworth was such a jackass that it was just like one of the most popular plays uh, of the late '80s. So anyway, that's that's my number four. All right, All respect and, um, to Bo. We didn't get enough Bo. I'll tell Oz you what. Was kind of a bust, wasn't he? A huge bust. He was like yeah, the. He was uh, bust. That he was like that lineman uh, that the Packers. No, I don't uh, think he was that drafted. bad. I mean, he he played. He was a starting linebacker in the NFL for several years. I mean, he wasn't certainly he wasn't, wasn't. He was a self-proclaimed superstar, and he was a good above-average linebacker. I think that's his right. film career that's was fair. better than his NFL career. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't a Tony Mandrich, though. Tony Mandrich was a total bust. Well, Mandrich came uh, back and had a decent career with the Colts. A couple of years, yeah, yeah, he had a couple of years. Both he was a, he was a bomb too. Yeah. All right. So that's your three and four. We've got Pope with Secretariat at three, Jeter at four, Milk with Jeter at three, Secretariat at four. I've got Secretariat at four. I did add at number three, um, you know, a play that's kind of come into having its own name, The Block. Uh, LeBron's Block of Golden State and Andre Iguodala in the 2016 finals. Game seven, games tied at 89. 
and uh, Kyrie misses a floater and Igudala starts running up the floor for a clear uh, fast break layup and LeBron jumps up and blocks it against the backboard. And later on, sports science would prove that LeBron to make that play was running 20.1 miles per hour and jumped 35 inches in the air to block it. I mean, in terms of athletic plays, it was insane. That would be my Um, kids pick. The the kids all love that play. It's incredible play. Um, And then uh, our audience might not be surprised that Bison likes to, beat to a different drum. So he's got different three and four. I just don't understand what all this agreement is. There's more agreement on this one <laughs> bracket than the Sunday morning quarterbacks have ever had in any, in any conversation ever, if you add them all up. Um, so yeah, I have some different ones. I mean, as far as the wow goes, uh, I nominated last time the Allen Iverson crossover of MJ. And, and I just think, again, it's, it's one of those iconic moments where you had uh you know, arguably the second greatest player of all time squaring off against Iverson or, and, you know, defending Iverson. And it just was, it was the standard bear of the NBA and it was the young kid and it was clean cut marketing machine versus cornrows and tattoos. It just was a cultural moment as much as a basketball moment. Uh, And it was, it was fun. It's just a fun moment in sports. That's my three seed. And love that one. Yeah, I, I thought you'd like that. Um, and, and by the way, you know, you talk about LeBron. I mean, I've heard LeBron say that when they when he was a kid growing up, you know, kids wanted to be Allen Iverson. They didn't want to be Michael Jordan. They wanted to be AI. So um, that was a big moment for, for the NBA. And the my fourth seed is really a play that that just goes it goes overlooked all the time. And it's the Steven Souza diving catch to preserve Jordan Zimmerman's no hitter. I mean, it's the last out of a no hitter. It's a guy who was put into the game in the, in the top of the ninth four defense. Uh, and he just like the Willie Mays catch is running full speed back to the ball has to go full layout to catch it. It's the last game of the season before the playoffs. It was an electric environment to be at uh, Zimmerman slammed his glove against his leg when the ball left the back because he knew it was a double for sure. And out of nowhere, there's this flash of defense that comes and saves a no hitter. It's a great, great 13 seed play. <clears throat> yeah. It's a great third, maybe it 14. Could, it could but it's, yeah, someone. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it a was, good Norfolk State play in game. It like, really is. I, did, I just, um, I'm trying to remember Bison. What was it, that catchy tune uh, growing up? I want want to be like it. Was it? I want to be like AI. Oh, remember. Uh, I think it was or pretty much like Mike. I just I'm I'm struggling. Which one was it? Oh. Yeah, it was pretty much wow. a, any any hip hop song uh, in the last twenty years, twenty five years was inspired by Al Allen Iverson. In Listen, some way, I, so I missed all those Mars Blackman and AI uh, commercials. Did did they have those two? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Pope is unfamiliar with Post Malone and the hit White Iverson. I mean, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to get yeah. Pope there. So, yeah. Well, remember, not not everybody sacrificed what they stood for to just make sure they could sell sneakers. Ooh. <laughs> well, there was underwear too. Don't forget the. Underwear. That's right. That's right. My bad. Not as good well, as Tommy John underwear. If y'all are out there, we will take sponsorship, Tommy John. <laughs> <laughs> 
They By would the be. Way, will, it's pretty. My my son just discovered. What's the movie that Jordan was in with the cartoon? Space character? Jam. Space yeah, Jam. He just discovered Space Jam, and now he's asking me all sorts of questions. Oh, like, who who is Michael Jordan? Who is oh, wait. this guy? So let me guess. You're not allowing him to watch the LeBron remake. Is is no, my guess LeBron, in that household? Gets, no, right? no, no, no. That's There's like no Caddyshack too. Nobody cares about that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that is where we are with the top four seeds in the region. We're going to need probably some help from the fans and look for our uh, recap on social media and you can put in your votes and I'll kick it back to you, Bison, because I know we've got a couple of punchable fun face of the week nominations. So come on, man. Let's hear what we got. Yeah, well, for the uh, it's it's that time, everyone's favorite times. Let's uh, let's punch some douches in the face. Uh, Pope, I think you're leading this one off. You're damn right, Skippy. So, Bob Baffert, guys, uh, y'all have been following uh, what's been going on this week, I assume, with um, his horse, Funky Cold Medina Spirit, <laughs> and uh. His got Pope Breaking Bad on us. Who re- received high praise from us less than a week ago? Don't he blame did. the horse. Don't blame the horse. Yeah, let's not blame look, the horse, right? Look, it, the horse is a junkie. We Baffert the horse, blame the horse. <laughs> the horse is not a junkie, by the way, because I'm going to explain exactly what happened. All right, so I'm going to take my glasses off. This oh. is serious shit. <laughs> so Baffert <laughs> wins his seventh Derby. And uh, takes all the acclaim for that, right? And then a couple days ago, uh, lets it be known that they're being investigated for potentially having a banned substance uh, during a post-race uh, testing of uh, Medina Spirit. And as a result of that, they find out that he's on a steroid called beta-methasone. Of course, I had to look that up when I was looking at my stats, and that is an inflammatory uh, that horses take. It's not Anti-inflammatory. illegal. Anti-inflammatory. It's not illegal. But if you have a certain amount, then it is illegal. So he had twice the legal amount. Hmm. But Baffert doesn't come out and say, uh, you know, I think the testing was wrong. I don't think the right amount was – he didn't have that much. He said, no way, no how. He did not have – that steroid, beta-methasone. And all the testing was going to prove that. I'm going to be proven right. And he had a press conference with his lawyer by his side. Uh, so he doubled down. And then, and then he tripled down. Because today, it comes out that he says a plausible theory is that the groomer of Medina Spirit uh, peed in the hay and the groomer oh had been uh, had Dayquil in his system, and as a result of the Dayquil in the pee in the hay, Funky Cold Medina Spirit ate the hay, <laughs> and therefore got enough Ugh. substance in his system that he registered double the legal amount. Oh man! I mean, come on, guys! I'm from oh, Dallas, man. right? And in Dallas, one of our favorite things we talk about, not favorite, but one of the things we talk about is the Kennedy assassination and the magic bullet. 
You're, that's that was, your favorite thing that's to talk about in Dallas? Talk about in Dallas? Must be the hit of You're, 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 you're more alone than Bison. That's, took a little <laughs> extra betamethasone today. Oh, yeah, alone. Anybody oh. want to talk about JFK? Anybody, any, anyone hear the joke about Kennedy getting his head blown off? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Someone paid in buffet. <laughs> we have, oh, we, we have the sixth floor book depository where people wow. come down there and they look at it all the time. But oh, the wow. magic bullet theory is that one bullet was able to you know, go through Connolly and go uh, into Kennedy and all the different ways. And if you ever saw that um, movie that uh, uh, showed all the different, you know, machinations of how that bullet might have gone, to me, this is the same kind of called JFK. Called JFK <laughs> by Oliver Stone. This is the same kind of horse shit, right? That the the groomer peed in the hay with Dayquil and the horse ate the hay, and that's how he got the substance in his system, that would be a good idea uh, for explanation, except for the fact that, oh, wait. There's the no anti-inflammatory at Dayquil. The same damn substance was in a horse that, that uh, Baffert had at the Kentucky Oaks last September that finished third. And, you know, Ooh. this isn't like his and the, first and got, violation. And got disqualified. His because second of- violation, his third, his 10th, his 15th, his 25th. This is would be his thirtieth time. Wow! That Baffert's been busted during his we, Hall of Fame career. How is he still you know, around? So, Bro, so Bro, we, have a, we have a Hall of Fame with an asterisk for the uh, for baseball. I think at, at a minimum he has to have an asterisk by him. Uh, and so after you finally, finally, I'm getting ready to punch this guy right now. He said he went on to Fox News and he said that. All of this is a witch hunt, and it's part of cancel oh culture. Oh, oh, my God. God. Are you him. kidding me? He said it was cancel culture is why all of this is going down. So Because everybody's sitting yeah. around wanting to cancel that guy. Bob Baffert. Yeah. Right. High yeah. priority. Hey, you Baffert. Know. Baffert, I got, it. I got news for you. You're fucking canceled. Punch. <laughs> yes. I think yes. I think Brian Bosworth and, uh, and Tony Mandridge both tried the – the pee on the hay yeah. uh, excuse when they were you playing know, in the NFL too to bring it uh, to the circle. To, to me, the bigger issue here is the reason you give a horse double the allowed anti-inflammatory is because the horse is injured and you don't want the horse to feel the pain because you're a greedy son of a bitch and you put it out there risking injury. There's a reason he was 12 to one. Yeah. So you know, so there's no, an, no anti inflammatories in Dayquil. Ugh. That's bullshit. And, and, th- and to me, this the whole horse racing industry is needs needs to be regulated big time because all they're doing is using up these animals. And, you know, it, it's it, t- I said this earlier and I know you guys all think I'm crazy, but I think it's a step above Agreed. dog fighting. It's just it, they. they these guys like Baffert don't give a, sh- a damn about these horses. They're they're juicing them up on anti-inflammatories and painkillers so that they can run until they die. And that's what they're doing. You know, the crazy thing is uh, all these, you know, gambling places, all the betting houses, all the casinos that they don't they ain't getting their money back. Yeah. That, you know, no, there's no that. such no. thing. No. Yeah, there's no such thing as hold all tickets. Once it's paid, it's paid. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. There might be somebody floating in the uh, East River over this one. Oh. <laughs> Baffert. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope the horse steps sense. on his face and then pees well, on it. And and boys and girls, here's the word of the day. 
picograms. Yes. He had 21 picograms in his system. The junkie he, horse. He and the lawyer sitting in the room coming up with that story. Like, well, okay, what can we... He pees on the hay. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Like, like, oh like a shot of Dayquil. You guys have seen the Dayquil shot. You know, the plastic thing. It's uh, like a shot of Dayquil, which is mostly syrup and a little bit of alcohol is going to have twice the allowed dosage of this anti-inflammatory in it. Give me a break. Right. This guy must think people are stupid. You guys got to be careful when you eat your hay. Check it before you eat it. Next right. Time. But listen, if there's somebody who should maybe have some steroids so it could help them, you know, protect their teammates and stuff, maybe it's uh, uh, the New York Rangers failing. I think you mentioned yeah, this before. Uh, there, I'm embarrassed for all Rangers fans at this point. You know, Tom, look, full disclosure, Bison and I are Caps fans, but I will at least admit, and I'm pretty sure Bison will not, that Tom Wilson crossed the line in the game against the Rangers where he sucker punched uh, Palvel, whatever his name is, the star of the Rangers, while he was in a defenseless position. And then during a scrum he slammed one of the other Rangers stars heads into the ice that crosses the line. And, and there needs to be some form of retaliation because the NHL isn't going to take care of it. They fined him $5,000, big deal, right? The problem is they've basically outlawed the goons. And so there's this, there's this thing going on right now where the caps have basically two guys Char's too old to fight, but if he wanted to, Nobody could fight him. And Tom Wilson, nobody can fight Tom Wilson. They're both really good players, but they also have the bodies and the fighting skills of a goon and nobody can handle them. So what do the Rangers do? They're, they're like, oh, we're going to have a line fight in our next game against the cap caps. And as soon as the puck is dropped, like four fights break out. And what happens in four out of those four fights, the Rangers players get their asses kicked. I mean, it was, it was just abject humiliation that the caps are kicking sand in the face of the Rangers <laughs> time and time again. And it's humiliating. Get a life Rangers, man, go out and find somebody who knows how to fight, who can stand on skates for five minutes and beat the crap out of Tom William, Tom Wilson. Cause that's what he needs. He needs so somebody the, to kick his ass. The team is being punched in the face for having been punched in the face. The team is being punched in the face. They're being punched in the face for deciding that the answer is a line fight punch in the face when no one on the team apparently knows how to throw a punch. Mark Messier is like apoplectic. He doesn't even know what he's like. God, let me take this team over. These guys are ridiculous. The Rangers. Rangers Rangers He's He's Rangers jersey. The yeah. Rangers are such fucking milk toasts. It's embarrassing. This is cover for Tom Wilson getting his second punchable face of the week, which is what really should happen. <laughs> <laughs> you drop gloves in a line fight, you better win. At, you least, better, at, least, at least one out of four, for at God's least, sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They practically, they practically, you know, said, Wait. I give four out I mean, of four times. They could have lined up their thugs and they st- they, they don't still, have they, they still couldn't do it. This is the problem with people getting mad at Tom Wilson, though, because everybody knew this was going to happen and and it was allowed to, to happen. 
And it was just all the referees just stood there and said, this is how we let this get handled in the NHL. Right. So if you don't like Tom Wilson, then get rid of fighting in the NHL in general. I mean, it's part of the game right now. Did I say that that Wilson should have been fined and suspended? Yes. My my criticism of all that was the the loser Rangers coming out and calling it acts of violence. And, you know, I mean, if you, you want to talk about acts of violence, let's go get on the bottom of a pile in a football game where there's a loose ball. You want to see acts of violence? There's guys getting eyes gouged and bit and everything under true, there. True, but slamming a guy's head into the ice, that's... Tom, Tom, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson is going to continue to do this because the NHL is enabling him. The NHL, oh, two nights later, the Flyers uh, had a player who took a really tough check on somebody into the boards and got called for a boarding penalty and went into the penalty box. He got suspended two games by the NHL for a boarding penalty. Tom Wilson rabbit punched somebody in the back of the head and then body slammed Panarin to the ice and got no games. The NHL's a joke. Wilson's a goon, and he deserves to be punched in the face too, but I get it. We, we I, Listen, I'm never in favor of the Rangers, so if you want to punch them in the face too, that's well, fine. Uh, well, uh, you know, you, you bring up a good point. The NHL needs to be the punched in the face too, not just the Rangers. The, the Rangers need to be spanked because they're such pussies, but the <laughs> NHL needs to be punched in the face. <laughs> well, I don't disagree. With, that's what That was my point, is, is as long as you're leaving fighting in the game, you're going to have these incidents. You know, if you want to get take fighting out of it, then take fighting out of the game. I'm telling you, one of those guys was on the ice for like three minutes. He got really tuned up. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything? These millennials. Oh, we do have a happy story. We do, don't we? I've got a lasso. Let's get away from all the fighting. You know, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. So I get back in my car, and I'm driving to work. And all of a sudden, it hits me. All them fellas that used to belittle me, not a single one of them were curious. You know, they thought they had everything all figured out. So they judged everything and they judged everyone. And I realized that they're underestimating me. Who I was had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Because if they were curious, they would ask questions. You know, questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? (laughs) Which I would have answered... Yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father, from age 10 to 16, we passed away. Barbecue sauce. A little loving milk. I've got a little lasso today. Be be quick. And I, I love to honor Tampa Bay Buccaneers at all times. And this guy's a... Is a buccaneer. He's not a patriot. Long time uh, buck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So over the weekend, you might have seen Gronk, my boy, went 
back to Boston. And I love this, by the way. I love when these players who, and I will give them credit, when they play for so long in a city and then, you know, they leave. And then a lot of times you, they never go back. And he went back to Boston and donated uh, over a million dollars, $1.2 million to go into kind of an inner city playground in Boston, completely redoing it. Um, and you know, the, the whole, it was a big production. The, I think the governor was there, uh, and, and, you know, it's always nice to give back to, to your community, but especially, you know, Gronk is such a, he's one of those guys that you kind of always assume something, he's going to do something bad, but what he has just been an unbelievably above board player for so long. He has, he's very active in the Tampa community now. And he like has been so good about money and things like that. I think what's the story that he, I think he only, he saves his salary, right. And he lives off his endorsements or maybe it's the other way right. around. No, no, he saves his salary. You're right. Yeah. And he's not he's, a bad guy. He's just like a giant teddy bear. Well, you yeah. kind of just assume it because yeah, he, he's, he's like parties. the anti Aaron Hernandez, like the complete opposite. Of uh, Aaron the, the exact right. opposite. Um, and so it was good. I love I love seeing that. I love that he's still supporting Boston, even though you know he's still uh, he lives in Tampa and and looking forward to him doing some more work in in the Tampa area as well. But it's a cool cool story. We need more of that. I hope the younger players see what he's doing and and try to replicate that uh, in their careers. But but uh, I, I it just uh, a feel good moment in sports. I think good for Gronk. Definitely. Definitely. Well done, Gronk. And then he went and shotgunned a beer. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That, that what somebody, an, dro- what an that somebody dropped from a helicopter 600 right. feet above the field after he I mean, what this guy's it. life the week earlier? The, the SMQBs may, may have been known to do that recently. Well, and SMQB. And SMQB. <laughs> not, not collectively. The fans right, guys. want to see the video, I think. We, yeah, yeah. We got anything else we want to touch on? Hey, so um, we've we've had some record-setting athletes lately and want to just tell our fans to check back in next week. We have a new segment next week called Unbreakable uh, about feats and even records, and we'll, we'll wonder aloud together whether or not these things are the type that will uh, stand the test of time, ever be broken, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook and his triple doubles, the epidemic of no-nos happening in Major League Baseball, Steph Curry's um, torch April month. So we got some fun stuff to talk about uh, next week with the Unbreakable segment. And some all-time Unbreakables as well. And some I, all-time Unbreakables. Can, can, can we do the over-under on how long Tebow uh, makes it with the Jags too next yeah, week? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do a little shout-out to Tebow. We all, yeah. I mean, Go never ahead. give up. Well deserved, well earned. Jesus. Back in the NFL. <laughs> uh, Listen next week for our punchable face of the week. Is he, what is he, team? Cha- <laughs> is mean, he team chaplain hey, for the Jaguars? Milk, all you kids out there, never give up. Okay, milk. I think it's something we can all agree on on the SMQBs. Everyone's happy to see Tebow give another so. go. Oh my god! Oh, I can't tip, wait. Tip Such a, to Tebow. What tip a stud tight end he was. Mediocrity prevails. See you guys. I can't Have wait to see up. him get jacked up. Have see a good week, week, everyone. See you guys. Week.
Hit the sky!